0: Support for MPB comes from the Mississippi Museum of Art in Jackson. What Became of Dr. Smith by artist Noah Satterstrom is on view now through September 22nd, 2024. Learn more at msmuseumart.org.
1: This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. It's made possible in part by contributions from podcast listeners. Please consider making a contribution by going to the Donate Now tab at mpbonline.org. Thanks for your financial support.
2: Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sarah Story, the Executive Director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. Today we're talking about the upcoming Mississippi Book Festival on August 20th in Jackson, Mississippi. It'll take place at the Mississippi Capitol. Um, you can visit mississippibookfestival.com for more details. And today we're joined by two authors that will be at the book festival, Kendra Allen, and then later on, Becky Hagenston. So Kendra, we'll start with Kendra. And Kendra was born and raised in Dallas, Texas. She's the recipient of the 2018 Iowa Prize for Literary Nonfiction for her essay collection, When You Learn the Alphabet, awarded by Kiese Lehman. She has been featured on C-SPAN, interviewed in The Ruppus, and in Poets and Writers, and her work has been taught by New York Times best-selling author Jason Reynolds alongside that of Jamaican Kincaid and Eve Ewing, among other distinctions. She is the author of the collection plate.
0: Welcome, Kendra. Welcome to the Arts Hour. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Will this be um, your first Mississippi Book or have you been before? I haven't been, but I've been to Mississippi a lot, <laughs> so I'm, like, very familiar um, with the place, so I'm super excited to, like, actually go there professionally, mm-hmm. like, in a sense. Yeah, so I'm very happy to be invited, but also very happy to see other writers who I love. Yeah, it's a
2: incredible lineup this year. I mean, just some of the best authors that are living today
0: yeah it's like do I get the chance to see them or will I, I'm i more excited about that than actually being there if that makes <laughs> sense
2: absolutely I yeah, know you will you will there'll be lots of opportunities to, to hang out and see lots of folks it'll be good and hot so uh, you can just you know cozy on up to, to somebody that you want to talk to with a fan and <laughs>
0: For sure. Just start random conversation. Like, I know you don't know me, but I love you.
2: <laughs> yes. It works every time.
0: <laughs> well, um, so what, what brought you to Mississippi so many times growing up in Dallas? Um, I went mostly when I was in grad school because I was in Alabama in Tuscaloosa, oh, and so like a lot of my friends and like cohort would like go there for readings or like to the bookstore and then later on when I had a book like I would get invited and um, also I write for uh, Southwest Review and like it's kind of based there and so I've been there a couple times and it's it's always like so much love and it just feel like homey maybe that's just because i'm southern as well um all southern people kind of have the same disposition initially um so yeah um that's mostly why i've been there and just it's like a great literary city and i don't think i have that in texas yeah Mm, yeah where are you living in texas now san antonio i've been here about a year oh great
2: very cool um. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about your background, um, your
0: trajectory. So you started out in Dallas. Yes. And then when I went to college, I went to Columbia in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it's like an art school because uh, I couldn't go to, like, a regular university because I can't do math. Yeah. <laughs> can't uh, and so, like, I went there and I started writing and, uh, like, just sort of became obsessive about it like all day, every day. I've never written that much as I did in Chicago. And then I ended up going to grad school in um, Tuscaloosa. And I entered a contest where KS.A. Lehman was the judge. And I only entered it because KS.A. Lehman was the judge. And he was like my favorite writer. Um, ended up winning and got an essay collection and then ended up getting a two book deal. And then I just Finish the second book of that deal which is the memoir.
2: That's awesome and it's called Fruit Punch.
0: Yes it is it just came out so like if I sound down about it it's not I'm just in shock that it's out (laughs) mostly.
2: Yeah yeah well it's an incredible it's an incredible book and incredible just thing to have this book out in the world so yeah tell
0: us a little bit about the book how it came about. Yeah. Um I, <laughs> this is gonna sound bad, but I promise it worked out in the end. Everything works out. Um it started, I started actually actively writing um writing it in Tuscaloosa because I needed a thesis to graduate and I didn't know what I was gonna write. <laughs> um and so I would just write little paragraphs here and there. And I sort of had an ideal way back, maybe like I was 18, 19. And I thought I wanted to write like this heavily research based essay collection on like the purity culture and like how virginity isn't real. And especially like in a a southern like church setting um, that I grew up in. And I wanted to like have it heavily researched and it just wasn't working. And I realized the only way I can write anything that I'm proud of is if I insert myself. (laughs) And So like all that research kind of got set to the side and I started writing about like just growing up. um, I'm I'm obsessed with coming of age stories in general. So I would just say it's like a a coming of age story about boundaries and blood. That's like my little synopsis on it. Um, so yeah, it came about in grad school and I was like super depressed, if I'm telling the truth. Oh. I was just super depressed. And um yeah, I just wrote it and I didn't just write it. That sounded like so easy. I wrote it over three or four years um consistently. And yeah, it's it's here.
2: <laughs> so good. Was it um was writing a healing process for you? No,
0: no. <laughs> I try not to equate like especially personal narrative with like therapy. Yeah. Um, I never write anything and be like those therapeutic for me because it's really not, it's just me like if anything, writing allows me to accept the thing, but what's actually healing is going to the therapist and like trying to process the thing. Right. Not just accept it, but like try to process it and like move through it and accept that like sometimes healing is not a a completely tangible thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's not the outcome. Yeah. Like we never really fully heal. <laughs> like we never really fully heal. we never really fully get over it. But the way that we interact with other people is most important. Um, in regards to like the trauma, mm-hmm. if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. Um, so maybe just writing all this down helped you process it in a certain kind of way, but.
0: Yeah. Yes, but it's like, hey, this is just the beginning. You wrote it down. Now you need to do the actual work. Like you thought you were doing the work, but like you actually do have to to do the work required in order for you to form relationships that are full Mm -hmm. yeah so um how's it how is it about being back in Texas it's wild because I live in San Antonio now and I moved here because I didn't know anybody here and that was like the the pull for me um so I love it here to be honest it's just hot it's weird to be back and like reach of my family, that's the weird part. Even though I'm four hours away from Dallas, like it's still drivable. It's not impossible, like Chicago or something like that. Um, so it's been it's been fun. It's been cool to kind of just explore myself. I just told somebody the other day. I'm just now feeling like an adult. Like I've been I've been adult like for a lot of my life, but I'm actually sort of setting into. Like believing it, believing I'm grown. <laughs> so Texas has been good in that sense, but it's just hot. It's like 108 degrees.
2: Yeah, that's right. Well, what what was that like? That transition for you from Dallas to Chicago was that? Did that feel like a big change or?
0: For the first year, it was a big change of uh, weather-wise, but also just um, not being around anybody I I, I know. Um, I grew up in a close-knit family, so going to Chicago, it was a brand new, it was a record-breaking winter, which they say all the time, because <laughs> it, it really does break every winter, um, so that was weird, because it was freezing cold, but I think I really, if I didn't go to Chicago, I would have never found writing the way I have like I always loved words but Mm. I never really thought hey like you could be a writer or like you should be a writer or you even want to be a writer that wasn't I wanted to write about music but not myself if that makes sense um but yeah it was like a big culture shock in terms of it's just like a melting pot and like in Dallas it's everybody know everybody so it was like very different but I'm very very grateful and I love Chicago I actually would live there if I could
2: yeah it's a cool city did you have um what what really what prompted your your writing there do you have good mentors just time and space the school <laughs> like what was what were some of your inspirations or things that were driving you
0: yeah I kept changing my major <laughs> and like about the third time I went in to change it because I had journalism and photography and music business like I was doing things like that that I work, I was interested in but it just wasn't sticking and that's the good thing about art school you don't have to wait two years to actually get into like your major like you just do it immediately um and I went in the last time and my counselor was just like a, like, maybe you should think about creative nonfiction because, like, the reason journalism wasn't working is because I was inserting my opinions into like news. <laughs> and they were like, No, that's not what you do. You write news who, what, when, where, and why. Um, and I was like, Well, actually, I have a thought that could probably help people understand. And he was just like, You should take a creative nonfiction workshop. And of course, nobody knows what creative nonfiction is. So I'm like, what is that? He's like, yeah. take take the beginning course. And I just sort of like fell in love with it. I had like a professor who told me in my very first workshop, which I wrote like in the book, um, that by the time you're 13, you have enough to write for a lifetime. Wow. Yeah, that's wild, right? And I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> but then you really do. <laughs> you actually really do. And so um, like that inspired me for sure, but also just exploring the city by myself, um, learning about myself away from like my mom, especially away from like my cousins, my family, like all these people who have ingrained all these things in me. um, And then just sort of figuring out how I can exist on my own in a city that big. Um, So that was always inspiring me. But yeah, if I didn't, if I didn't, if I wasn't so indecisive with changing my major, that's like the main thing.
2: <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, whatever got you here. We're glad we got it. Yes. Out. <laughs> to Get you to be a writer. That's awesome. <laughs> so um uh, what your, so your book, your panel at the book fest, uh, what's that going to look like? Do you know much
0: about it yet? I know it's like, Jamie Attenberg is on it and I think it's like two other writers and it's a panel about memoir that's all I really know about it I'm excited though because I'm fans of the people on the panel Uh, I'm gonna try not to like ask questions of my own and realize (laughs) that I have to answer said questions um but yeah that's really all I know about it so far Great,
2: good and um, so what? Else, what? Who else is inspiring you right now? You said you love KSA. We all we love KSA as well.
0: Mm-hmm. I really. Oh, I've been reading "Pleasure Activism" by Adrian Marie Brown, and it's like an anthology um, of essays um, about pleasure, of course. Um, and trying to incorporate that in my life, so I'm I'm very interested in that. I've been reading a lot, a lot of erotica <laughs> just because cause I've been reading like watching TV and like reading sex scenes and watching sex scenes it don't feel real a little <laughs> bit and so I've just been reading on it and I'm like well, what are these decisions that's being made like I know it's fantasy but like how can we make it more realistic and so I've been like very interested in that and then generally I'm always probably reading bell hooks or something yeah that's awesome well, good. Well, where can people find you? You're on Instagram or you have a website? I deleted all my social media, uh, but I do have a website called kendracanyou.com and that's kendracanyo ucom
2: This is Sarah Story, the Executive Director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. You're listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. To have access to all Arts Hour interviews, subscribe to the podcast on any podcasting app. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Mississippi Art Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sarah Storey, the Executive Director of the Mississippi Arts Commission, and today we're talking about the upcoming Mississippi Book Festival, which will take place August 20th in Jackson, Mississippi at the Mississippi Capitol. Visit mississippibookfestival.com for all of the incredible authors and panels that will be there. And today we are talking with Becky, is it Hagenston? Hagenston, yes. Hagenston, Becky Hagenston and she just wrote a book called The Age of Discovery and Other Stories which is really incredible. Um and Becky is the author of four award-winning story collections as well as the recipient of two O Henry Awards and a Pushcart Prize. Her latest collection The Age of Discovery and Other Stories won the 2022 Mississippi Institute of Arts and Letters Award in Fiction. She is professor of English at Mississippi State University. Welcome to the show Becky. Thank
1: you, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're glad
2: you're here. So, um, tell us a little bit about uh, is this your is this your first Book Fest? Have you been to the Book Fest?
1: I was at the Book Fest um, in 2016, I think it was, with my third collection. So, yes, and I've attended. I've attended, but this will be my second um, um, being on a panel. So, I'm super excited about that. Great. And tell us about your panel on August 20th. Um, The panel will be, um, it'll be me and uh, Lady Hubbard, um, whose collection I've just started reading and it is amazing. It's called, called The Last Suspicious Holdout. And I'm really looking forward to talking with her um, and the moderator about the, about our short stories. So I think it's at noon. I think there's going to be a lot of good things at noon. It's going to be there's going to be a lot of stuff going on.
2: <laughs> well, there are always plenty of people there, and uh, I know folks can jump around, so yeah, they'll want to catch you. So that's exciting. Um, so tell us a little bit about
1: your background. How did you? Where did you grow up? How did you become a writer? That well, I um, I moved around a lot when I was growing up. Um, my um parents met in Florida and I was born there. And then they moved. we moved to West Virginia. Um, but my dad joined the ministry when I was pretty young, like four. And so we moved to Maryland and um, moved around quite a bit there while he was in the ministry. Um, I think that helped me become a writer, watching him put his sermons together. Like every single week, there's a new one. So um, that was pretty... I I didn't think of it at the time, but um, I think that helped shape me to seeing how you can craft something um, every single week. Um, but then he left the ministry and we moved around more. Um, I think I did the math. I think we lived in like five houses in 10 years or something. So, <laughs> um, but I went to um, a small liberal arts college in Pennsylvania, Elizabethtown College. Um, I did a study abroad year. I did two semesters, my junior Um, so both semesters of my junior year and I think that um, that had a big effect on me as a writer um, and as a person because I you know I just love to travel and go to new places and write about them Um, and then after that I had absolutely no desire to go to graduate school at all (laughs) after college so I um I went back to London and worked in pubs and um, for about you know six months, as long as I could get a work permit for, and um, eventually came back to Maryland, um, worked at a little publishing company um, and then decided I wanted to go to grad school. So I just picked up and moved to Tucson, um, didn't realize they had one of the best creative writing graduate schools in the country and just applied, um, didn't get in. Spent three years <laughs> reapplying, and that was a good lesson of like persistence. I realized how much I wanted to do that.
0: Cool. So,
1: um, I ended up taking non credit classes and I wrote my first story that would become my published story. Um, my first published story, which actually started as a poem when I was an undergrad, but um, and um, so I worked uh, as a secretary while going to graduate school, um, and then went to did more graduate school in New Mexico <laughs> and then in 2001 I got the job at Mississippi State and I have been here ever since so it's the longest I've ever been anywhere
2: <laughs> so since 2001 yes okay.
1: very yeah. cool yeah
2: so um had you been to Mississippi before you I had
1: not I had not before I came in for my job interview I had not yeah
2: and what is that what has that been like for you living in Starkville and Mississippi
1: Oh, it's been great. I mean, you know, I've been here, you know, 20, going on 21 years um, and I've got a lot of writing done. I mean, I think I've found that I, in some some ways I have to be away from places to write about it. I mean, I've been writing about um, Maryland. Um, mm. I've been writing, I've been able to travel a lot. I've been writing about the places that I've traveled and I'm also writing about Mississippi. And i realize I'm writing a lot about people like myself who didn't grow up here. Mm. Um, who are, you know, visiting or have um, you know, moved here from somewhere else? So I think I write a lot about outsiders. I think that's also why I write about travel, like people who find themselves in a foreign country, but they're not sure what's going on. Um, but this has been a really great place to live and write and and also to teach. And um I feel very lucky that I have amazing students. And every semester, I get to assign, things that i want to read like this semester i'm assigning um amy's nazuka matadil's oceanic um for my intro to creative writing class um i think fiction all fiction writers should read poetry It's super helpful but um but yeah it's it's been great that's great what what classes do you teach i teach um introduction to creative writing which is poetry it's split between poetry and Fiction, and also the upper level fiction classes. There's an intermediate class, and then a a craft split level um, graduate undergraduate class. So it's very fun. I love picking out things every year. I always assign the best American short stories, and Jesmyn Ward edited it for this year. So that's it's great. It's always really good. But yeah.
2: What else? What else are you thinking about for this semester? What other books?
1: your classes um well i so best american short stories i usually use a I pick, i'm using the craft book thrill me by um benjamin percy because he writes a lot about genre and then i wanted to sort of look at literary journals online there's some wonderful online literary journals um like catapult um and adroit their adroit journal and find things there to assign to the students because hopefully they'll be sending things out to literary journals at some point yeah that's awesome yeah Very cool.
2: so um tell us a little bit more about your book the age of discovery
1: well this book has it <laughs> <laughs> went through so many variations um it's, I think it's 18 stories now. There's some of them are very, very short. Um, and I probably, it it won the, um, the journals, it's the journals, a literary journal, and it, it won their, um, book prize. Um, but I had been sending it out to various book prize contests in various different combinations, different, um, uh, some of the, the version that I, that the final version that has, that worked, <laughs> that I, I'm actually much happy, the happiest with is um, it's sort of a mix of realistic and strange and surreal. And there's some fairy tale stuff and, you know, it's just, there's some weirdness in there mixed with realism. Um, but in one variation of the book, it was all realistic stories. And I thought, well, that, then that didn't really work. So I needed to mix some stuff up. So um, there are some stories that take place in, france because i was able to spend a sabbatical there 10 years ago and there's some connection there um but mostly it's sort of like a, a collection where you don't know what what you're going to get next i think <laughs> that's great awesome so um do you want to read us a little bit from- i'll read you the first page of um one of my not realistic stories that um i i it's one of the most fun for me to read. <laughs> and It was very fun to write because I did not know. I never know what's going to happen with stories. I have never, never have an idea when I start. Uh, I'm just going to read the, the first page. It's called Hi Ho I've just asked Wendell to access data pertaining to 20th century board games when he says, tie me up and leave me in the closet for an hour. Excuse me, I say. Wendell has been my research assistant for six months. He lives with my husband and me, has his own workspace in a corner of the dining room. He's a new brand of service robot my university recently acquired. He accesses other remote robots to help me retrieve data. He's bright red, about four feet tall and has a head that looks like two old fashioned blow dryers put side by side. He has round green eyes that blink. Until now, he hasn't said anything more to me than right away or you bet. Ha ha, I say, because I'm guessing this is a joke. Not that I've ever heard him joke. I'll stop there. <laughs>
2: That's so good. Yeah, I got <laughs> to hear you read um more of that story at the Mississippi <laughs> Institute of Arts and Letters weekend. It was so much fun.
1: Yeah, that was a, that was really fun.
2: So um what what is your writing process then? You said you don't really know where it's going to go. What? How uh, do you approach a story or <laughs> a blank page?
1: Oh yeah. Well, I try to avoid. I mean, I I take so many notes. I have um, I have folders filled with scraps of paper. I have notebooks. I just have this little stack, and I go to that every morning. I I get up at five a.m. That's what I have to do because I'm a morning person and that's just what I have to do. (laughs) Um, it's quiet. Um, and that is my time, um, to just, you know, if I'm in the middle of something, I'll go back and look at it. If I am feeling stuck, I'll just, I'll sort through the the pile, the little stack that I keep on a stool (laughs) in the kitchen. I don't know. Um, and, um, yeah, so this morning I was working on a story. I'm always working on many, many things at once. Um, when I get completely stuck, I read and I read anyway, because that's that's what I have to keep doing um, to make any kind of progress. Um, but, yeah, this morning I got up and I was looking at a story that I'd been sort of working on for over a year, um, trying different scenes, um, different points of view um, and just feeling super frustrated. <laughs> and So I'm just sort of staring at it, thinking, all right, this is part of the process. I just, I have to feel frustrated. That's, there's no way around it. Um, and then later today I read, um, I just took out a book that I love that I hadn't read in a while, which is Alice Monroe's book, um, friend of my youth. And I read the title story and I, it just, it's nothing like my story, but it did something to my brain (laughs) that is like, ah, I'm starting to, it's starting to work. So. But yeah, I usually have um, I have a lot of things going at once and I'm always I'm always taking notes wherever I am. Um, and so that way I kind of avoid a completely blank page. I'll just sort of it's like I feel like I'm just sort of sketching with words like I will like, all right, I don't know what to write. So I will describe this squirrel I see outside my window. Like <laughs> I'll do that. You might end up in a story.
2: That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I think that's such a good way of thinking about it. It's just like it's it's a discipline. Exactly. This is Sarah Story, the Executive Director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. You're listening to the podcast version of the Mississippi Arts Hour. To have access to all Arts Hour interviews, subscribe to the podcast on any podcasting app. You can also hear the show on MPB Think Radio every Sunday afternoon at 5 p.m.
0: Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel.
2: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to the Mississippi Arts Hour on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sarah Storey. Executive Director of the Mississippi Arts Commission. And today we're talking about the upcoming Mississippi Book Festival on August 20th in Jackson, Mississippi. It'll take place at the Mississippi Capitol all day. There will be so many wonderful authors, panels, tents, activities, fans, we hope, <laughs> both book fans and actual fans for the heat. Um, but we're really excited to be welcoming so many incredible authors from Mississippi. And today we're talking with Kendra Allen Allen and now Becky Higginson. Thanks for being here, Becky. Thank you so much for having me. So we're talking about your writing process and how you get up at 5 a.m. every morning. So how did you develop that habit? Like when did you realize you had to have that time carved out in order to
1: for your process? Well, I know. I have a lot of writer friends who tell me how they, you know, they can carve out a whole day and just write for four hours, five hours, six hours at a time. I've never, ever been able to do that. Like, I, I just can't do it. Um, and I think, um, when I, especially when I was in grad school, um, and this was like the late 90s, I guess, I didn't even have my own laptop for a while. So I would go to the office where I was working on campus, I was a secretary um, at University of Arizona in the electrical and computer engineering department. So I would get there sometimes before the sun rose, (laughs) I would get there before my job started at eight and just write. Um, And then during my lunch break, I had like a half hour lunch and I would just write for half an hour. So I've always been able to write in little bursts of time. um, And I've always been, a morning person. And I realized like the earlier I can get up, the more I can get done. And so the 5 a.m. thing I think was something that I started in graduate school just to give myself just just so I could get something done before my mind gets clouded with all the other things I need to do. So um yeah and it's it's not easy. I mean, it's like, I don't bound up at 5.00 AM, like woohoo. Um, but once I get the coffee in me, I'm all, I'm always glad I've done it. And I even start thinking if I could just get up at four 30, I'd get more done. If I could get up at four, I would get more done. So there's a part of me that wants to keep getting up earlier and earlier and see what what I can do. But I thought that might not work out like for later (laughs) in the day. I might not, might not work. Right. That's awesome. Um, so when did you start
2: writing these short stories? Is this spanning a couple of years or is this a sh- short period of time?
1: What was the span? This collection, the oldest story in this collection got its start in 2010. Um, okay. The oldest story is witnesses. And there's a, a character who's on a beach um, in Nice. Um, and I, I have, When I was working at University of Arizona as a um, secretary, I worked in the study abroad office as well. I worked in a bunch of different offices. Um, And one of my dear friends moved to France. And when a friend moves to France, you must go visit. (laughs) (laughs) So I was able to spend um, some time with her um, in um, Provence. And my husband and I went to... um, went to Nice for a couple of days Um, and this was August of 2010 and when we were there um, walking along this beautiful boulevard right by the ocean we saw the aftermath of a of some kind of terrible accident Um, and there were this there were um, you know sirens and the the um, the scooter these you know scooters with sirens on them everybody's spinning around and um i it, something bad had happened it seemed like a woman had gotten hit by a car and you could just see like a shoe and everything stopped and a shattered windshield and we i just thought oh my god something horrible has happened and i couldn't stop thinking about it and i started writing thinking like who witnessed this accident who was in the car that hit her who was this woman and started making up stories about her and so the woman mary um is Yeah, a character that I've put in several other stories (laughs) that didn't all make it into this collection. Um, so I've written a story about her as a child and her, um, in college and how she met her husband and just sort of created this life for this character. And then as I was working on that, I thought, well, what if I, like, it's fairly scary to think like, to write this character's death you know to think about especially since I, I did see something that was probably the death you know like something I don't know what happened to the person I tried googling and never saw anything but it seemed like something terrible had happened and um and so I just you know it really stayed with me yeah. um and I started to you know then I created these characters from Mississippi who had been in a taxi that day so that is the that story I've worked on for a very long time, and it it really had to I really had to write about four or five other stories before I could get to that one. Um, so that's the that's the oldest one I think in this in this book. So it takes me a long time sometimes to write that's
2: a story. No, yeah, that's that's <laughs> I think that's really good to hear, and for other writers or aspiring writers to hear that it's not. Just sitting down at five AM and spitting out a perfect story. Oh
1: my gosh, how nice would that be? That'd be <laughs> <great>. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, what's the latest story? If that's the oldest story, what's the last? Um, one?
1: I think the latest story is um, it might be Phillies. Um, that's a story about two college girls in a bar. <laughs> And, um, that's just sort of like been something again, it, it's probably a recent story, but it's been in my mind for a very, very, like over a decade. Um, and then it just kind of has to work its way out. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They all, I guess I really, really, this is why I have to have many things going at once. <laughs> now, I- I've got like five or six stories going at once of those five or six stories, maybe one or two will make it into publication. So that's why I'm always, you know, I just feel like I have to be a story factory, which is what I want to do. <laughs> but, um, Cause I don't know what, what is, you know, what's going to work. And then when something doesn't really work as a story, then I can use it as parts. You know, I've got a description of something that didn't Fit with this story but well, i can put it in that other story yeah i do a lot of that
2: that's really cool um what was the did the pan- what was the pandemic like for you as a teacher and a writer
1: well i was on oh my gosh well it was it's i think is exhausting and stressful for me and for everybody um yeah as um I did get some writing done. I did. That's when I, I just did a lot of uh, observing. Cause like my brain was, I wasn't like feeling like it was hard to really get into this, like the, the writing of like a story that I'd started long before this. Um, and so I was just, I would write about what it felt like going to the grocery store, you know, mm-hmm. like I would write about, um, you know, just the, the sound of I live sort of near the hospital and the sound of the of the metacopter, I would hear that more and more every day. And I just started writing about those immediate things going on in my life. And now some of those things are working their way into fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as a teacher, um, I, I'm not a fan of WebEx, of teaching over WebEx. I found that. Exhausting. I was really I I really was happy to see the students and be able to interact with them, but but it's hard. It's it's harder to do than when you're in the room with them. I realized how much energy I get from them just being there Mm -hmm. in the same room. Um but um yeah, it did it did affect my. I mean, I did come up with some different assignments, so I did, you know, I was like, I I got some good stuff. I made some videos (laughs) about how to do you know, like how to write a pantomime. I made a little video and posted it. So um, I did a lot more of showing videos of writers reading their work. And that's one thing I've kept. Like there's wonderful videos of Natasha Truthaway. I was teaching her that semester, reading her poems. And so now that every classroom has technology in it, I'm showing more videos. That's great. That's a good thing that's come out of it. So I've kept some of the stuff. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's really cool. Did you notice that uh, writing changed with students? Did you notice some shifts? Just what was coming out? Um,
1: I, maybe. I think it was, I think it was harder because they didn't have the face-to-face workshop situation where they can talk to each other. In some ways, though, sometimes they did actually really enjoy getting in their little WebEx or Zoom groups. And so some, some students found that actually better. So I think it really depended on the student. I tried to have a, more WebEx conferences um, because you know, I, lo- I love student conferences. That's my favorite part of teaching. If I could just have student conferences all the time and just chat with them about their writing and the stuff they like to do, you know, that would that would be ideal. Um, so I did try to keep doing that, um, but it was—I think it was harder for everybody. I think it's just harder for everyone um, to focus on um, on writing. But then sometimes it's a good distraction. So, right, yeah, yeah,
2: um, yeah it's definitely been uh, interesting to see how creatives have responded or not responded a lot of people said that they just couldn't create during that time a lot of people were very creative it's just yeah, yeah. It's just, it just depends on the person and how you work and just crazy crazy yeah. time for sure yeah. um so have you been able to start traveling to talk about your book um obviously the book fest but have you had the opportunity
1: to do much of that yet i haven't really um, but yeah. The book fest. I've gotten, to, I got to go to the, um, the wealthy symposium, um, last October. That was wonderful. i love that every year. So that's been a really big, that was, that was fantastic, um, to be around all those writers. Um, I love that every year. So, um, and then the, yeah, the book fest is, is going to be going to be good. Yes,
2: it really is. So what else is coming up for you?
1: Well, I was uh, so thrilled to, to get a uh, Mississippi Arts Commission grant, which is just, um oh my God, I'm so excited and grateful about that. And that's going to open up um, uh, so many possibilities because I'm working on my fifth story collection and I want to do a little more, tra- I want to travel more through Mississippi and I've got some other travel plans that I'm thinking about Um. And it's just going to do, it's just going to, yeah, it's just going to open up a lot of opportunities for my next collection and, and even starting to think about my sixth collection (laughs) because I've got, you know, how are these things going to fit together? Um, so that's what I'm sort of always working on the next stories and with no idea how they're, or if they're going to fit together, um, or if they're even going to be turned into anything, but, um, I gotta find out. So
2: well, that's great. Well, we're glad. We're definitely happy that you're a grantee this year. That's awesome. Um, -hmm. what places in Mississippi are you interested in exploring that you haven't seen yet? Oh
1: my gosh, there's a lot. I mean, I I want to go back to to, well, I've not been to um Holly Springs is a place I'm thinking about. Um so not been there there's i'm I'm open for suggestions so that's another thing like where where do i need to go i mean i've i've traveled through the delta some but not a lot you know i've been to oxford of course been to all the wonderful bookstores um you know I definitely want to go back to square books (laughs) um but yeah this is these are some things i sort of have to start figuring out um yeah
2: you know there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are have been growing a little bit here and there Uh, ocean springs if you haven't been Mm. Ocean springs lately it's just such a cute town and they're just coming up with all sorts of great little shops and boutique hotels and it's on the beach which is just a nice Nice. night and then meridian's grown a lot lately Mm -hmm. different institutions and hotels and restaurants and gosh i mean there really are there's there's a there's a really cool um in Macomb, Mississippi Pike School for the Arts doing a lot of like community-based arts and bringing in artists from different places. And the Delta, of course, like Cleveland and Clarksville, a lot of great arts going on there. Right, there's just a lot. It's really yeah. nice. There's
1: and, a lot. I'm excited to discover. Mm-hmm.
2: That's Absolutely. awesome. Well, Becky, where can people find you?
1: Do you have a website? Are you on uh, social media? I am barely on Twitter. I'm not really on Twitter. <laughs> um, but I have a website, um, com, and there are links to some of my stories on there.
0: Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners. So if you can, please contribute today at MPBonline.org.
2: Do you drive a vehicle? Then you'll find autocorrect helpful, especially on Coach Charlie's tip of the week. Listen to our podcast with me, Coach
1: Charlie Melton, on any podcasting platform or on the MPB Public Media app.